Okay, then let's do some kind of introduction. I'm Natasha, and... I'm Red. And together we are Syllogism, a science, culture, and philosophy challenge podcast on the edge of chaos. This week's challenge was to make a TikTok account and explore the world of live videos. Enjoy! What's up, shorty? What's up, shorty? <laughs> that was an interesting, uh, you know, uh, segue. Segue, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what we did this week, Brett. You're, um, I challenged you. Uh, I challenged you to a duel, a TikTok duel. <laughs> so your challenge, mm-hmm. challenge this week, was to create a TikTok account, go through Peru's TikTok learn some shit and then go live and the way we went live uh it is it was definitely like a macgyverish kind of live because uh <laughs> my back still hurts from how we how we went live. <laughs> natasha as much as it feels really really warm and cozy being cradled in your palm uh, we probably need to find some way to like keep the, the phone stable so the light is good because I, I can't imagine how this is going to wind up looking it, it, this this challenge exceeded my expectations. I loved it, but I have to know now your your preconceived notions of TikTok were they reinforced? Are they different? Why don't we get into what you thought about TikTok before? What you think about it now? Well, preconceived notions of TikTok: uh, women lip syncing to really bad uh, music uh, and then doing prefab dances where there are certain moves you have to do and then everybody's doing it and in some ways they're all competing for the attention of people looking to watch the same things with slightly different forms (laughs) something of that sort and then there are the well, I was exposed to the libs of TikTok sort of thing where there are. So is this, I have not seen libs of TikTok. Is this like the, is this like some woke like expose? Mm. Okay. But that's kind of what I see. I see the most extreme ideological uh, uh, contortions, or I see uh, women very, very unfortunately and often very young beginning to exploit their, uh, their budding sexuality for uh, obviously a male gaze type of audience. Yeah, that, that still exists. I had no idea what was going to become of TikTok when I first started with it, because my, my original notions were via Cardi B. She helped to seed the platform because they must have paid her a, a good amount of money to go do a TikTok. And so that's when I joined. And when I joined, I had like 400 followers immediately and I had no idea why. But I realized it was because there were Indian click farms and that was who was seeding the platform. And the purpose of this platform is to make everybody feel special, to make everybody feel like a celebrity, because I saw all these people coming up, you know, they had already like a thousand or 10,000 followers within like a couple days of the platform going live. You couldn't even write a caption correctly without the software messing up and these people were terrible. And I was just like, this is, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm so sad. These people think they're famous now and they're doing absolutely nothing. So I was very curious to see where this platform would go. 
it's not over. But I think TikTok is reaching its prime. It's kind of a, a Warholian uh, moment in which everyone's getting their 15 minutes. Uh, and the only difference here, though, is that you can repeatedly ask for that attention and uh, even do things that you might even consider self-effacing or even worse, maybe debasing yes. uh, in order to beg for the attention. My, my opinions did not necessarily radically change because it's clear that like many of these social platforms, there was always a, a kind of attentional uh, desire or, or, or motive for people to, uh, to continue and then to ratchet up their behaviors. This is a prime example of people today believing that there is a destination rather than a journey. This is where people think, oh, once I get all these followers, then I'm going to take off. Then, I, then I'm going to be noticed. Then this is going to happen. And so what I've seen on TikTok is it's like you get your wish. The genie grants your wish very easily. We can get that wish accomplished. But then I see all these people, like I have one friend who has like 150,000 followers and no engagement. And he's like, why? And, I'm, and I, I don't want to tell him, but it's like, dude, because your content sucks. It's you're, you're trying so hard to like keep the engagement. It's just not the vibe. Like it's not the vibe. Stop. Uh, this is not unlike every dating app where it's really just here's something imagistic. I can uh, make a decision instantaneously based on uh, almost like like little micro saccades with my eyes. And then, you know, hey, you're you're either valuable or not, but you're not a real person. And it shows in how quickly um, people's attention evaporates. People really like seeing themselves in other people. That's why people read stories. That's why people watch movies is they want to relate. They want to see how am I like you and how can I be like you, especially if you're cool. If you're cool, I want to know how I can be cool. And they don't even know that's why they're watching certain people. And then they get angry. You can see people who like hate follow other people and they are so angry at the people they follow because they think I could do this better. I know I could do it just as well. It's like, well, why aren't you doing it then? Do it then. Two th there, there are two things going on and I, I think they're, um, they're interrelated, uh, but it all really comes down to, it really is the erasure uh, of the self. And so if, if I were doing this, but let's say I'm uh, mimicking the words to a rap song and doing a silly little dance, it's, it's both I can do it better, but both also I can be you. And very often you hear the, the words of, um, of a celebrity uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's, it's a pop artist or something like that being mouthed, uh, and, and acted by some dance through someone else. And now all of a sudden you are the celebrity, but it's like you assume their identity. There's no longer a you. And for me, that's, um, simultaneously you achieving some kind of status, but it's also self erasure. Well, the irony is, is that those people will never have the kind of fame of like the people that they seek because the people that they seek are constantly changing. They're constantly evolving. They are never the same person. They are themselves. But if you look at like the true icons of fame throughout history, they are nobody else. They are them. Right, right. And so- That's why you remember them. Nobody, nobody remembers. That, that's why, um, you know, 
for instance, I would say like 98% of pop music is going to be so eminently forgettable because it really is nothing but a, a formulaic replication of the same ideas, the same chord progressions. I agree, but I will say it's really hard to give people advice because people, I think people are, people from my TikTok that will watch this, uh, they want to know, well, how do I do it? How do I get there? How do I ascend this? And the truth is that there's a very narrow window because, you know, going back to episode one and consilience, um, we humans have predilections that are linked to our genes. And we all have, there's this set of genes that are floating around right now in the world that predispose us towards certain things. We're all going to kind of want to be in this cluster of things. Like you're talking about the music, for example. So if you're going to make music, that's going to be a hit, like a true hit, like a true iconoclast, it's mm -hmm. got to be close enough to that, to that normal bell curve, but just outside of it so that it's unique, memorable. It's a, it's a new offshoot. It's a tangent from what is already existing. And it's a very, very small window. And the only way you're going to get to be there is if you, your true self, who you really are, is like that because those people have longevity. You can't, you can only put on a, a performance for so long. You have right. to be, so step one is you have to be being yourself. And step two is you don't have a chance if you're not being yourself, but you mostly don't have a chance anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why so many people are conforming and following what they see as like a template for fame. Everybody wants a cookie cutter template to get where they, to get the love and attention and validation that they're seeking. And it's like almost a negative validation that you'll get if you really start to think about it. Cause people are validating something that really isn't you. Maybe, maybe you're hoping that uh, something about you shines through just enough that people will recognize. But the truth is it's it's not the case. Um, everything that I see that is a replica is eminently eminently discardable. Totally. When you're talking, I'm thinking about this one creator on TikTok called Baked by Melissa, and Baked by Melissa got her you know kind of pop I think by creating this salad that was almost it's like a substitute for guacamole. So the the reason why baked baked by Melissa like got hot was she had all these like key ingredients not just in her food but in her video and it was the rawness and the realness of her it was the sounds yeah. it was the the way she did the video it was once you tried it and you tasted it you were like oh, this is, this is the shit right here. And she mm -hmm. kept going because she, she kept making new things that were just like that. So when people talk about like, oh, you need to make a niche, it's because people will keep coming back to someone in these kinds of formats for something very specific that they know that they're going to get from them. So I guess the question is, do you think someone without a niche can truly grow because what I've seen, I saw a video the other day of someone, it, it kind of went a little, it went like semi-viral, let's call it. There's a stupid song. And now I remember the words. It was like, er, I love that you're broken, broken, just like me. And she was talking about how she didn't have a niche. And I was kind of offended. I'm like, listen, I'm not broken because I don't have a niche. In fact, I think that makes me more of a viable human being than that. I don't have to drill down into something so far to achieve fame. Well, but, but they think that's broken. People are thinking, oh, you're broken if you don't niche down into something. Hmm. Well, you're not broken as a human, but uh, you may find yourself broken as a product, 
as a product because a product definitionally is a replica of a replica. You know what to expect. Early in the pandemic, I found some people who were doing uh, reaction videos, you know, mostly reaction videos to songs, mostly hip hop music. And, you know, I watched people's followership go from, you know, some, let's say 10,000 up to a couple of million. And there's a kind of rhythm. It's like hearing your favorite song. It's like knowing who your friend is. There are intros and outros that I can almost say uh, with a kind of rhythmicity. There's a there's a, a guy, his name is Fluffy Talks. And he does like people of Walmart things and world's worst tattoos and stuff like that. But he always starts it with the same video. It's in the beginning, it's cheesy. And he goes, hey, what's up? I say that to myself when he uh, when he starts the video. And it's because I know him, I know the vibe. And when I'm watching that video, I'm there for a reason. As human beings, we can say that to the degree that we are not necessarily infinite, we can be almost nicheless, let's say, because there's still a O de Natasha. But <laughs> yes, it's wafting. So there's an O de Natasha. But when you're branding, just like if you're having the Nike swoosh, if I don't see that swoosh, guess what? It ain't Nike. I ain't buying it and I'm not going to come back to it. So you better do something that makes it like there's a little bit of a, 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 a rhythmicity to it that makes people go, I know where I am, why I'm here. And I come back to it to feel exactly this way. Yes. And I think people don't do that because A, they don't believe in what they're doing. And so they're just trying shit and they're like, oh, maybe this will be me. Maybe this will be me. And then they don't even know what is them when they find it. Like, uh, for example, the, the syllogism intro, we went through three or four iterations and I was like, I hate fucking intros. And now I'm not changing it. Even though people are like, oh, it sounds different. It sounds like an NPR voice. It sounds like that. I'm like, you know what? This is it. You know what you're going to get with me is contradiction. You're going to get weirdness and maybe it'll be funny. Definitely you'll, you'll walk away with some kind of information you didn't think of before, but I ain't changing it because that's me. Bread, that's right. bread, baby. We didn't do this because we were looking for some kind of recognition. Um, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, go in looking for the recognition. And because of that, they try to fit themselves into an idea of what others might find enjoyable. And therefore, they don't have the self. The self becomes the thing that people are likely to consume. I was talking to someone who wants to start a podcast. And he, I think I told you, he was saying like, well, I'm worried about what people, maybe people won't be able to consume my kind of dense poetic language. And I was like, that ain't your problem, bro. I was like, dude, it's not your job to worry about what other people are going to think of you. And he's like, well, I don't want to be like, fuck the listener. And I'm like, it's not fuck the listener. It's unless it's fuck the listener, but it's not fuck the listener. It's like, I have to be me first. Like I have to put my mask on first before I can take care of anyone else. And he goes, I haven't really thought of that angle that I should just do what I want to do. <laughs> well, but, but, but there you go. That's the, I think that's the whole problem with everyone in these spaces. I tend to also wax poetically and I tend to go off on, uh, on tangents and I distill my speech a bit, but you can see it in my writing. Nobody that's, that's for almost nobody. <laughs> that's for me. Just be it, be your damn self and don't worry about it because <laughs> that's the, that's the key to whether it be TikTok, whether it be Facebook, whether it be any kind of social media, 
people are drawn to people who do what the fuck they want to do because everybody wants to do that. And so if I had one piece of advice for anybody, it would be that you have to start being yourself like right now. If what you want is validation, acceptance, it has to start with being yourself. Let's get into the challenge that we did here. I'll start by saying last week I went live for the first time with another person. When you go live on TikTok, it's like ready player one. There's all these things flashing in your face. So-and-so gave somebody this. There's a rose count. There's a daily uh, challenge. There's a a weekly scoreboard. There's, you can add people, you can co-host, you can do a match, you can add a moderator, you can enhance, you can add a filter. It's overwhelming. And so I was playing around in there and I went live with someone like, like you and I are live. And I was like, hi, how are you? All earnest and sincere. And they're asking me to do something. So something kept popping up on my screen and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to keep rejecting this person. They're like, it's me. I'm asking you to do a match. And I was like a match. And they were like, yeah, let's do a match. I'm like, they just hit accept. So I hit accept. And then immediately the conversation was gone. It was dried up because now they're pumping up the people who are on their side. Cause I can't see who's on their side and they can't see who's on my side. And so they're like, Hey guys, welcome to the live. Welcome to the live. It's like a auctioneer. Hey, I'm trying to teach Just him. Come on, let's go, so let's go. Let's go. Let's grow. Come on in the live. Everybody tap, tap, tap your screen. Go ahead and tap your screen. Hey guys. And I'm like, so how, how are you? And they're like, tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, what, what, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, Hey, bit boss man, 5,000. Hey, cool girl, 12. And like, I'm like, are you talking to them or are you talking to me? And they're like, Oh, you gotta say, you gotta say hi. Hey, I ain't seen hey, nobody even come in. Heck, what's up? You gotta, there's nobody coming in. Yeah. When they come in, you say, hello, you start talking to them. This is how you do it. You're supposed to get people in the live. So I went a week and a half or so, not knowing why the fuck people do this. And I'd ask every person and every single person, you know what they say to me? They're like, I just want to meet cool people and have cool conversations. And I'm like, cool. What do you like to talk about? They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, the lie detector determined that was a lie. (laughs) So we found out what the real reason is that they want to go live. It occurred to me while we were talking to, I think, gangster granny. Okay, let me share out my live. Let me share out my live. Y'all need to, the the more lights y'all, how many lights y'all got up on the left? 6.5K. Okay, I have 16.9K. Oh, dear. Wow. Eddie joined the room. My baby is back. Oh, Eddie, not Eddie. Wow. So right now I'm on a For You page. Oh, how'd you get there? Because of all the lights. Oh, that's why people do it. The more lights you have, you end up on a For You page. The more you share your life. Hey, Eddie, baby, I love you. The more people come into the room, they help you guys. <gasps> with I get pages. it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yes. So, so I did these lives for a while and everybody was looking at me like cross-eyed. They're like, man, quit blowing up our spot. We got to get people in this live. We want to get people on the live. And I'm like, but why? But why? And then I started trolling people. So Ken and I were like having a drink one night and I went in and started asking people about gerbils who had sugar gliders. This one man had a deer in his house. And so I was asking him where, if he uses a litter box. (laughs) So then these people let me in on the secret. They let me know why they do this. So not only do they give you 
coins and tokens to as gifts. Once you have a thousand followers, people will give you money, which TikTok takes 66 cents on the dollar of, by the way. <coughs> but the reason people do it, I realized, is because if you get a lot of likes in your live, you will be broadcast. So the way the TikTok algorithm works is they take a small subset of people and they expose, they, they give you to them and they go, okay, let's see how they do. They put you in a little sandbox. And if you get a thousand likes or whatever from that little sandbox, they start broadening your sandbox, letting more people in. And then when you get up to a certain point, they let a lot of people in, they'll put you out on the for you page. So, you know, when you're scrolling and you just see random people, it's mm -hmm. because they've gotten so many likes. So that's why some of these people you see with 4,000 followers have 600 people in their live because people are watching them right now. They don't want to commit to them as like a product. They're like, this is like a single use product right now. Like I'm just getting what I need. And TikTok has cornered the market on single use content. That's for sure. I have to say that we, we encountered some people uh, who said they were there for interesting conversations and so forth. One guy wasn't really necessarily that sure about what he wanted to talk about, kind of like what you were saying, but everybody was gracious when we asked them questions, at least. Um, and so, so that was nice. They were willing to uh, give us information because I went in uh, openly proclaiming that I was a complete novice. But once it became these match things, well, I struggled to care because it was schizophrenic. It was inauthentic, hyper ADD. There was no actual interaction. And now I have a bunch of people that I don't know supporting me maybe for things that have nothing to do with anything that I'm saying or doing just to compete with the people who are upvoting the other person who they also don't know. And we, by the way, are also not even having a conversation. There's literally no actual interaction here that is meaningful or substantive in a way that would ever call me back to do it again. Share this live, you guys. Come on, share it, share it, share it. And that's what I mean about it being single use. It's synthetic. It's, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's even, well, it's even worse because I'm literally getting nothing. Although I do have to say that I think I made enough money to get coffee um maybe it maybe at dunkin donuts but, but no but like like not a latte you need a dollar 57 make rain in this bitch dollar 57 <laughs> so what speaking of money i went on live with a couple different people who were serious about like making money like they are real serious give me some likes tap 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 hey hey what did you say about you struggle to see what's serious about this? <laughs> so they were on like teams of people who were trying to make money and they kept saying, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. And then they'd say, oh, well, I'm going to donate to a charity or, or they'd say, well, I put it back into TikTok. I take my dollar and I, what you give me and I pull out, then I put more, I load more money into TikTok so I can gift other people. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be better for you to just cash out me $5 if I needed it than to give right. TikTok 66% of that? It's a shitty strategy. So I, this one woman I met, very nice lady. She's a veteran, but she kept saying like, um, I, I'd ask her, you know, why, why do you do this? How much money do you make? Like, and she's like, well, you know, if I need something for my kid, uh, I'll come on, I'll come on live and try to make money. I'll try and, you know, I made like 80 bucks the other day, just uh, sitting on live all day. And I was like, damn, ma, like for real? 
And she was like, yeah, but then I'll go out and I'll get what I need. And then when I have money, I will go back on TikTok and I'll put it in there to gift other people. I was like, this is, this is the poor man's plight. Like this. Well, is- well, I think what they don't understand. So this is the problem with people who don't understand uh, how money works. And they also don't understand like Zeno's paradox. So I would apply this to money, right? So TikTok takes 66% of your money and then you're going to re-gift it to somebody else. And in that regifting is going to take another 66%. At some point in time, it doesn't ever approach, it doesn't actually ever reach zero, but the, the monetary value is asymptotic, right? So <laughs> this is, so, so really, why bother using a monetary exchange in a system that really is just extortionately diluting the value of anything you put in there? So now your attention is diluted, um, your um, your sense of self is, uh, is diluted. You're, you're distorting everything about you just to get people you don't know to maybe look at you for a little while. And on top of that, your attentional and your financial currency is further diluted. I, I mean, I do not see how this isn't, this is worse than gambling because it's a certain loss. Yes. It is like gambling though. Like I said to one person, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm on the, I'm pulling the slots right now. Cause they'd like, come on y'all tap, tap, tap the screen, tap that. And I'm like, okay, I'll tap, I'll tap, I'll tap. And then they'd say, oh, thank you theory gang. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. You know, like I was like, well, what the fuck am I? This is like direct dopamine shots to like all of our brains right now. And it's gross. Right. Um, but then what you're reinforcing uh, dopaminergically is, uh, is inattention. And so I, I imagine that what winds up happening is that for the more, meaningful and salient things in your life, uh, you are not necessarily able to attend to them that well because you really need, uh, you know, the likes and the taps and so forth. Yeah. And I think it's not to say that this can't be better. So one, one definitive way that this entire exchange should be better, because like, I understand there are some people who are going to do this and they're going to need to do this, but if I could wipe the slate clean and, and start over, I would build a web three blockchain based platform because then it would be a like a, a, a web three DAO uh, decentralized autonomous organization is basically a co-op where people contribute and contributors get their money back out. So what you put in, what you get out, like they're, they're more close to equivalent. There's not this like diminishing law of return. We could have a little bit more checks and balances on what people get and how they get it, rather than it being coming from a dictatorial corporate ownership, which by the way, is banned in China. TikTok is banned in China, but it's made by a Chinese company. Come on. <laughs> what, what, Wasn't come on. there temporarily, at least uh, here, uh, you know, an, an effort to, what was it? break up the Chinese ownership so that it should be owned by someone within the states, at least when it operates stateside to avoid uh, something like, you know, cybersecurity issues. I guess even the Chinese recognize that at least for kids, I think, I thought this was how it was going, that they would restrict their access. Not that they would ban it entirely, right? But weren't they just, wow, okay, I didn't even know that. I I remember hearing about um, like, time restrictions so that it wouldn't interfere with schoolwork. No, TikTok is banned in China. They do have a different app that is similar. I haven't explored the app because I don't think it's available in the US. Uh, when I looked for it, I couldn't, I couldn't really find it. But 
why would they ban this particular app and then make a separate app? They, they don't want their, their stuff mixing with our stuff. They don't want Western culture infiltrating what they got going on. They also probably recognize the damage. This is doing, and I actually, I think that, I think the CCP owns shares of TikTok. I think they own like 1% share of TikTok or something like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't spy. Isn't, isn't, well, isn't almost everything corporate in China partially owned by the, the CCP? What's funny is people don't, aren't recognizing how that is fascism. Like they're like, nobody calls China fascists. <laughs> But no, it's, no, it's just, it's just, it's just socialism, and uh, and and that's good. Yeah, that's it's socialism. It's it's socialism where we want to call it socialism. No, I mean it's um, I think the the situation with TikTok. First of all, I want to say that I I want to say that I wish people understood what was happening, but I recognize very very few people will actually recognize it. Most people will drink water where they are led and they will not question the source. They will not question what the fuck is in the water. They will drink it. So well, what you have to ask though is <clears throat> why do people need to be led to a, a source of water like this at all uh, in the first place? What? We're already there. They're not drinking water anymore. They're drinking Gatorade. This is idiocracy. One of the reasons that people are doing these things uh, so much is, is quite frankly, uh, the, the rise in isolation. This has become the very unfortunate surrogacy for a conversation across a dinner table, maybe the human touch and stuff like that. So there's so much that we're missing that this fills a void, but calories themselves are in fact empty. A hundred percent. And that's what, why I think most people said to me, oh, I, I just want to meet people. And some people I've kept up with kind of like check in. They're very, very vapid, empty conversations. So there's, and, and what I found is people are genuinely surprised when I ask them how they're doing. Uh, there's one girl, Eileen, who comes into my live all the time. She'd come in and always like, 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 and I have no idea why, but yeah. what, what's up girl? How are you? How are you? What's up girl? What's going on with you today? And I ask people this all the time and very few people actually respond, but she said, oh, I have a test today. So then she, we got into a conversation. So she's typing it while I'm on live um, and I'm asking questions about it. And then I think she's like, oh, you genuinely care. And there was another guy the other day, I just put like a, I put a green screen up and I said, tell me how you're feeling. And mm -hmm. people came in and I could tell they were like, I'm just doing my work, right? And but when people come in, I say, "Hi, how are you? How are you feeling today?" And people were like, "Is this bitch for real? Like, she really wants me to tell how I'm feeling." And one guy came in and he said he was very honest, which is rare. He was like, "I'm really missing someone special right now." Lone Wolf came in, and I I was like, "Oh, dude, I think a lot of people are really lonely right now, and and maybe you should reach out if you can. If this person's still around, you should you should reach out. If that's how you're feeling, you should reach out." And he was like, oh my God, I don't know why I needed you to tell me that, but I did. And so like that, I made, he, he sent me money for that one. I was like, damn, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, <laughs> unexpected. He found value in that, in that genuine connection. So people are drinking Gatorade at the pond, but they really fucking thirsty for water. Like they really need the sustenance 
that that they're seeking. So I think there's a lot of room. I want to I want to be optimistic about this. I yeah. think it's a beautiful thing what's happening here. You're watching people form these communities if it's digitally or whatever. But there's a central need. There's a central draw, and they want acceptance, love, validation. They want to see themselves in other people. They want to connect. They want to cohere. And that's why I'm so excited about these DAOs that I've started working with because these decentralized autonomous organizations, they all seem to be people who want the same thing. They want to take digital things, bring them to physical reality in wherever possible and do things and connect with people around work and meaning and purpose. People, people are so anti-crypto. What I've noticed on Instagram is like, there's like these irony pilled memers. Most of them, they're so anti-crypto. And I'm so I tired just, of the pilling, by the way. Everybody who's got a pill, <laughs> let me tell you that there's a, a nice way that you can grind them up. And there is, a, you can buy an enema kit on uh, on Amazon and you should do that <laughs> with your pills. I'm cocaine pilled. I'm, <laughs> I'm pixie pill, spreading the dust everywhere. Angel dusting everybody. I'm I'm, I'm fuck your pill pilled. <laughs> fuck your pill pilled. <laughs> but uh, no, like people are so anti crypto. Like I talked to uh, Bodiless Organs about this, who I've known since he was sad Nietzsche. I don't think people know that. Like we were talking about last night, these people with big followings, they are not normal people. They are the more people that follow them, the least likely they are to be normal. I think. So what do you mean by normal? Like they're not, they're the opposite of the people on TikTok going live all the time. They, they have no capacity for it. They, if that's normal, they're not that. They're like, absolutely fucking not. Well, I, I don't think, I, I don't think that's normal necessarily either. I think that the problem is when you're in an ecosystem, you think the ecosystem is, is Gaia, but it is just a fragment of it. So, um, what is happening on TikTok, especially with those matches and stuff like that, as far as I can tell, and the people who are just, you know, replicas of replicas of replicas, uh, that's not necessarily, I think, normal. What are you talking about? The normal distribution, the normal bell curve, that is most NPC normal people. Are you kidding me? There's a reason for the normie meme. Most people be sitting on TikTok going, forgive me, <laughs> hey, hey, big daddy 5,000. That is normal. <laughs> And I, I mean I normal, say, statistically, statistically if I, normal. If I, if I saw someone with a face like the one you just made, I would probably send them a rose. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> what's the value of a rose on TikTok? Uh, it's, uh, it's, one penny, one penny. Okay, so so it's like, you know, <laughs> 0.44 pennies. 0.44 pennies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think so, I think this TikTok uh, gifting thing is getting people ready for a potential Web3 competitor or replacement to TikTok. So whoever's fucking doing that, do it now because it is people are ripe for it. They just the only thing they don't know how to do yet is to extract the money. But I think what we need, we need lower gas fees on this kind of stuff, but people will pull it out quickly. People are not like long-term investors, but it doesn't matter. All you need is transaction and movement on a, on a monetary network for it to be a, a viable currency. So I can't right. wait to see a Web3 TikTok replacement. It's going to happen. I give it three years. We'll see it. Yeah, uh, and it, it it absolutely ought to happen and, and, and sooner rather than later, because the people who are the people who are doing this in part for the attention that ultimately results in money could use some 
legitimate way of making money that that actually gives them almost all of the value that they put uh, into it in the first place. Yeah, I didn't plan on talking about DAOs on this, but I think people who are on TikTok, if they have the long enough attention span to pay attention and listen to this yeah. at the end, <laughs> if, um, if the longer you stay on TikTok, the less likely you are to have the attention bro, span. My mom said, I, you know, she was, I was talking to her about the podcast and um, she was like, she's like, they're too long. And I'm like, oh yeah, have you, which ones have you listened to? She's like, all of them, but I only make it a couple minutes in. I'm like, well, yeah, and, and what is what? By the way, is that symptomatic of? Could she, you know, for instance, read a book where you have to invest yes. like you know, fifteen hours of your own time, yes. let's say? To, but okay. she's a speed reader. First of all, she's a speed reader, and she only reads like raunchy so Harlequin vampire yeah. shit because it elicits a, a feeling or a response she needs. Yeah, she needs to escape from reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she should re- she should read more slowly. Uh, I, I can't even, so I, I tried some of these speed reading things. I have a very naturally high speed reading, uh, sp- speed of reading uh, rate. Very high, very, very, very high. So fucking fast. Oh my God. High. So, oh my God. Uh, so, I, so, so anyway, I, I've tried a lot of these programs and really uh, your comprehension, no matter what you do, drops down below whatever would be normal for you uh, as as you accelerate when it's artificial. So if you're a naturally fast reader, your comprehension will be as high as it normally would be. The second you start trying to overclock, uh, the overclocking some does something to the resolution of the stuff you take in. It just but what's the point of speed reading anyway? You have a finite number of books you can read in your life. If you just let go of this need to compete or this need to consume or this need for something you'll just be like oh i can enjoy the book that i'm reading well and and you know what are the analogs to that so what's what's an interesting way to circumvent going to school and or or taking even a certification uh kind of course and learning something profound about a topic it's let me google it and see what it says on wikipedia and this is not i think we're moving out of that I feel like that was a very like 2010s way of existing. And I think we're moving more into, I don't want to say trusted journalism again, but people go to specific people to learn things because they trust them and they believe that they're going to be able to communicate the valued information that they need. And I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still going to need to be able to pay attention for a little while. And you might trust someone to digest something for you. But um, the fact of the matter is that when you get something that's pre-digested, eh, you don't know what was there to begin with. And so you nobody might not knows. be getting something uh, really good, or you might not be getting great thought. Um, so there are people that I follow uh, on, on YouTube, and I, I respect their, uh, their intellects, and they shall remain nameless. But every so often, um, they come across with extrapolations that just kind of don't make sense. Uh, and, and you have to be, you have to be, no matter what, continuously aware, such that no matter what you're getting from anyone, uh, you're not just accepting what might be the pablum that's coming through, uh, because those people are also subject to their biases and errors, uh, and they're likely to lead you astray. And, and so no matter what, you need to be at least cognizant of the possibility that the people you most enjoy and respect are also capable of errors. Do you? Do you though? But I, 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 I do because I listen and I go, well, yeah, I get that. I get that. I get no. You're that's, rational. That's, You're that's, rational. That's, that's, that's some bullshit right there. 
But don't you think this is like some uh, rationality drive that we all have? Like we all have to be super rational. If, if there's one thing I've learned on TikTok that people do not act rational, even if their behavior is a result of a rational pathway, it stops there. Well, this is the, uh, what is it? The Haitian uh, elephant and rider uh, thing, right? So basically, you know, <laughs> you got a little thing in there that might be able to steer it, but the elephant wants to go where it wants to go and you ain't steering shit. You ain't steering <laughs> shit. You're little tiny nudges. Um, and it is very difficult and extraordinarily, I would say, uh, energetically expensive to remain cognizant of what's being is of what's coming at you and to actually consider uh, its meaning and its ramifications as it's being presented to you. And I, I do not think that is necessarily uh, normal because most people will try to find things that they resonate with and you must resonate with it in total. Otherwise you're going to find yourself flatly rejecting it. And so um, I, I, don't, I don't do any of that. It, it, the times that I do that though are when I'm listening to something and the train of thought is so bad and I find it so disagreeable that I'm spending so much of my time arguing with it and going that's crap that I have to shut it off because literally nothing is making sense. But if you find the threshold, kernel, yeah, there's a threshold. So I can disagree, but still respect the source and continue to come back. So I, I will partition that. Right. This so, is exactly why people say, if you want to grow on TikTok, get a niche, because you want to grow fast. If you want to optimize what you're doing, you need to streamline and go straight through one particular facet. And I reject the niche down ideology of TikTok so much because I think it's bad for us to focus on one facet of a human, like they're, like they're a commodity, like they're a product and expect that same thing from them. We need to see people more broadly and that people can make mistakes. People can be wrong. wrong. <laughs> I might be wrong. Forgive me. What you're describing is, which is, um, the commoditization that winds up happening on a lot of the a lot of these sites and by the way it's kind of what people are looking for also depersonalizes people so you have the potential for both human relationship and its opposite and i feel like all too often at least at the moment the opposite is what winds up being most focused on well i think this is where parasocial relationships have emerged because Going back to episode four, our, our least episode, people need to listen to this. Y'all people better go back and prop up that episode. Right? It's, it's the least popular episode, but it's probably my favorite episode. But we talk about friendship in that episode and we talk about friendship. The requirement of it is that two people must be whole. They must both be individuals to be able to come together and make something beautiful and something more and something godlike. They must be godlike themselves. And this parasocial thing, what we do and what we see right now is we have this person that we follow or we watch or we enjoy because they are being whole, at least for a moment until they become commodified. We see someone being whole and we're like, oh, I want, how do I, what is that? I want to be friends with that. I want to be around that. Mm -hmm. And the parasocial part comes from, first of all, the wide broadcasting of your wholeness and also people's unwholeness. What's that, what's that word? Like people's, people's, that sounds to me like a really bad sex doll. It comes from people's <laughs> emptiness. 
<laughs> I just said that out loud. Unhopeless. <laughs> it comes from people's being, people being fractionated to believe that they can't be that thing. And so they want to watch it. They want to be close to it, but they never actually get to interact with it. Um, I think it works for both parties because the consumer on the pair, what do you call the person, the paras, the, the parasite <laughs> on this? Well, I guess they're both there. It's symbiotic because they're both parasitizing right. each other. The person on the bottom end, in a sense, who's watching this person on a platform is getting some fulfillment by watching them be whole and they don't even know it. But the person on the other end is getting fulfillment in a sense by getting the validation that they are whole and that people do want to watch them and whatever the fuck else validation, they're both fucking parasites. Right. And, and I'll, I'll, I would even take that just even slightly further and say the person who thinks that they're getting validation for being whole as they pursue validation begins uh, fractionating themselves into this commodified thing. Yes. And doing so, they become once again on whole. Because they're addicted to the growth. I think when, once you start to grow, like, I, I mean, I, I've seen this happen with my own following it, it, and I have to resist the growth. I have to be like, okay, I'm not going to just keep feeding this particular aspect of what I do because people like it and people want to see it. You know, when I see something having success, it's tempting to kind of keep pushing that button. Like I'm still on the rat doing the lever press for the drug. But I get, first of all, I get too bored doing it. I, and the validation actually like doesn't mean anything at a, at a certain point, you know, once in a while, I'm like, oh, well, that's cool that people like that, but right. I get too bored. And then, um, you kind of fall into this kind of like creative lull where you're like, Hey, what else am I going to do? Like, oh, I got an idea to do this, but it doesn't ever get the validation. And you go through these cycles, like that are not exponential. And so I lose followers anytime I try something new and then I gain followers and then I lose them and then I gain them and then I lose them. And uh, the people who are left over are the realest motherfuckers that right. I've become friends with, but it's not for everybody. If you want, if you want a product and you want a commodity, that's going to be like replicable and the same every single time you're not, that's not me. You and I were having just a, you know, very stream of consciousness kind of conversation, but there's certainly uh, an element of there's a hum and there's a feeling and that is us. And to that degree, that's, that's what it is to be you and me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this conversation has a way of being, I guess, self-similar in that we're not going to have conversations that are radically different from the one that we're having now necessarily. It's kind of going to have this feeling. There may or may not be more jokes uh, you know, uh, we may or may not get more geeky about something, but uh, in the end, when you listen to this, this is how you're going to feel. It has a kind of commodity to it, even though we're not looking to do anything that commodifies it. Well, I think that's how, I, I mean, maybe I consider syllogism like a natural resource. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've heard that um, <laughs> this is something. Jism is a natural resource. Jism is a natural resource, by, by the way. <laughs> We are not synthetic. <laughs> so we're talking about people's need and why they are on TikTok and what they're getting and what they're not getting. And I think there are people who really want real genuine connection with people. They want the nutrients. They want the, the value and they don't know it necessarily until they see it. And when they see it, they're like, oh, this, this feels right. I'm getting something here. I don't know. It's not tangible. It's, but it feels 
uh, it's sustenance. It feels substantial. And yep. so what I say to those people, and I think <laughs> we should do this too, uh, I'm going to, I had a challenge plan, but I'm going to shift the challenge for the next week. I think uh, we won't, we'll, we'll put the um challenge. How, how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it came to me like, and this is the beauty of doing your own thing when you want to do it and how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't give a fuck what was planned. You do what, what feels you like. Do what you, you do what you're going to do. Right. I feel like the challenge for the next episode needs to be that you need to go into a space and do work for a web three platform. And I'm going to recommend that people go okay. into uh, cabin or creator cabins and try the cabin DAO because I've been doing it for the past week or two. And I did it as research for the future of life Institute podcast. I was like, what's a DAO? How does it work? I need to get my hands in there and actually do something. So I understand this. And it's been a beautiful experience. The discord is lovely. People greet you. They have work. If you want to work, Um, they have a community, they have meetings, and they're actually building physical things in the world using a web three platform and commodity to make real connections for real people. And uh, that's my challenge. You need to go in and do a task, do, Mm -hmm. do something in a web three community. And I can list a few of them that I think would be great for people to to check out, but go to their discord, go to their, um, websites, follow them on Twitter and just check out what these people are doing. And then we'll talk about it. What do you think? Okay. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but, uh, you know, you did direct me, uh, over to the cabin Dow stuff. So I want to take a look. There's a part of me that thought to myself, you know, I would, I would do this. I should do something where I just not only engage with it, but wouldn't it be interesting also to be able to uh, to participate more physically? So I think I should mention what Cabin Dow is before we get into this and why okay. I'm excited about it, why it follows after doing this TikTok episode. So as I've been saying throughout the episode, I think Web3, a Web3 social media platform could really do a lot of good for people, people who do need money, people who hopefully eventually will get paid for their data and this this will talk, we'll talk more about this when we do our future of life application. But I think one of the big things that needs to happen in this world is people need to own their own data for one, and then people need, need to be able to get paid for their data and whatever they choose to do with it. So, you know, when I go on TikTok, my videos should be mine, not TikToks. TikTok can rent them for me from me for a fee, but that's how it should be. And if we were to be doing this on a blockchain based entity where the structure is written out, not such that there's a CEO and there's a board of directors, but such that the board of directors are the, are the people who are the creators. So they're the investors, they're the creators, they're the doers. It's, it's, it's kind of like a co-op. And there are people who are key contributors who make the platform function, who help do the marketing, there's key contributors, and this is how a DAO works. Cabin DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization that is trying to build physical spaces for creators using Web3, basically using blockchain. So they have a token. So you can get paid cabin tokens to do things for this organization, physical things. So I got paid to do a Twitter thread. I listened to their podcast. And I took one of their bounties on their, um, they they use Clarity, which is a task app application. And I get paid to do a Twitter thread for them. 
because it's work for the organization. It's part of a marketing and media guild, but you can get paid to help build a pergola on their, on their land. You can get paid to help hook up Google Analytics, Google search words. There are multiple opportunities and you can be as much of a contributor as you like. You can do like freelance contributions or you can be a core contributor, which is to say you show up and do all kinds of tasks for the DAO, but you get paid just to kind of hang out and do stuff with them. It's a right. company, so to speak, but it's, it's, it's by us, for us, kind of like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for yeah, us, yeah. by us. It's FUBU. <laughs> it's FUBU, yo. What I like about this is um, it it removes people from the alienating and almost uh, narcissistic uh, self-centeredness of being alone in a room and begging people for attention. And it allows you to do something meaningful that helps other people to live meaningfully. And you're adding value to something that you can ultimately uh, physically touch, uh, you can visit, and you can then further exchange with those people. You're part of something greater than yourself. And it really is much more like uh, what humanity really really always was until we started dividing ourselves further and further away from our communities. Let me do a shout out to everybody who was gracious enough to come into our live. I want to say what's up to (laughs) Gangster Granny 615, first of all. Okay. She was amazing. She was amazing. Gangster Granny in the Rose. Uh, Living Dead Girl. Living Dead Girl was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, she was awesome. Kimbo Slice. What was Kimbo's actual name? Fat Castle 36. He actually had the best hair. I think he and I were in like a, a who has the best hair. Uh, you know, that was a wig, right? You know, that was a wig, right? Um, uh, yeah, but I, I aspire <laughs> to have hair so good that it looks like a wig. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and then Pistol Perez. Pistol Perez is, is the only moderator I have now who's amazing. She's hilarious. And afterwards I found out she was a bounty hunter for 15 years. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. So that's yep. a whole story unto itself. Yep. It was she gave me roses. She, yeah, was awesome. she was awesome. Um, and then my boy Adam C, who always comes in and likes my I feel like I feel like a lot of these people are like they're people who um actually would want to like do stuff. Like I think the web three stuff, y'all should do the web three challenge with me. If you need help and you need resources, maybe I'll do a bunch of TikToks about it. But what the web three challenge I think would be really great for all these people. Glitter Punch came in, Glitter Punch was talking to me earlier. And Biscotti was in there waiting for us. Biscotti Creations was sitting there waiting well, we for us. To, we never, yeah, we never got to interact though, right? That no, night. but she was she was waiting for us in the live. She's like, what are these idiots going to do? Um, <laughs> and then of course, Lone Wolf, who, who was very sweet to me uh, earlier in the week. This was a fun challenge and I'm really excited for the next one. Yeah, yeah. And everybody made me feel very welcome. So, th- so thank you everybody because uh, I, I was... I, I did not know what to expect. Uh, and You expected uh, twerking and there was no twerking. I, I, I expected twerking. I expected to have to twerk. I'm almost a little you disappointed that I didn't get to If you want to bet. I know you're working is on that. That, is that, is that, is that. Is that a challenge? I am not. I, I, may, tw- I may twerk for, uh, you know, cabin coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm thinking of a future ta- a twerk challenge. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> twerking our way out of here. Yeah, I think that signifies the end. (laughs) (laughs) These people will be like, they're gonna be like, I can't believe I'm fucking watching this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking.